You're listening to the Filthy Fantasy Football Show. everybody welcome into another exciting episode of the filthy fantasy football show a safe space for all you foul mouth fantasy players out there as always it's your boys king josh josh the king well actually i guess not always it's only just king josh and the fantasy fish what's up buddy how's it going oh it's going uh big rome's on the uh the pup list currently he's actually very sick so hopefully he gets better soon but you know with draft season right around the corner we didn't want to leave you guys hanging you know we already what does it tease do a little bit? Gave you guys a little like we don't want to give you guys fantasy blue balls. We want you guys to finish strong and uh, and get you there. Come in the face of all your fantasy opponents with some good advice. So uh, last episode we talked about our deep dives on uh, late round quarterbacks and tight ends, and this episode we're going to talk about running backs. So with uh, with Rome out of commission, we do have his notes. So we're able to talk about the guys that he likes, but since it's just you and I right now, fish, why don't you get us started? Who are some uh, running backs? You're smashing that ADP. Yeah. The first ones I want to smash. The first one's kind of obvious, but I feel like he's always just a little undervalued. You're still paying first round capital for him, but this guy's always, always falls three picks further than he should. Uh, Joe Mixon. Um, he, is always a stud. He's the he's the main focus in the backfield there in Cincinnati. He's got a strong quarterback. He finished as the RB3 in standard last year, the RB4 in PPR. And he's currently going as like the RB6. You know, he's being chat drafted shortly after Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris. I think he could finish ahead of both those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely love uh, Joe Mixon. This, especially with they've beefed up that offensive line because it was such a fucking bad O line. Like it's surprising they made it to the Super Bowl despite having such a uh, a bad offensive line. So I mean, that that's really good on them. I mean, I, I can't argue against Joe Mixon. I've I've been a Joe Mixon fan since college. I was actually kind of hoping the Chargers would have drafted him a couple of years ago when he fell to um, Cincinnati in the second round, but. Um, you know, he went ahead and uh, and and got drafted by Cincinnati. Uh, Rome's first running back that he's absolutely smashing, which shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. If you guys have been listening to us for the last couple of years, he is probably no, the, I know he's probably the biggest Ezekiel Elliott fan of all time, even bigger than Dallas fans. But I, I actually yeah, like him more than Jerry Jones, dude. Yeah. And you know what? I will agree with his selection of Elliot. Cause I mean, he's fallen all the way to like running back 15, 16. He's getting drafted in mid to late third rounds in most drafts. I mean, there, he, what's funny is people were like, Oh, well Zeke has slowed down. He was still a running back one last year. Actually, let me get his numbers. He, he played hurt. Go ahead. Yeah. He's kind of a power back, you know, like he's, He's had speed before, and if he but even if he slows down, he's still gonna be good. He's gonna I bulldoze mean, his way into the end zone. And they lost receivers. Yeah. 
but he was the running back seven last year. He still had 237. He played all 17 games, albeit hurt. Still had 237 carries, 1,002 rushing yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, 47 catches, for and another two receiving touchdowns. I mean, the guy's essentially a, a human tank. Like, he's thick, he's strong, he's ready to go. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe people are worried because he's coming into his, I think he's 27, 28 years old. He's coming into his, uh, was it, it's going to be his seventh NFL season. But I mean, Pollard's getting involved, so he is going to spell him in games. But I really don't see a world where, um, where Elliott doesn't, I mean, he, maybe he doesn't get a thousand rushing yards, but 10 plus touchdowns is definitely uh, out there for him. I, I, I don't see how it eases up. Yeah, I completely agree. I wasn't as big an Elliot Truther when um, he was being drafted in the first round, but here in the third round, maybe the late second, if you want to reach a little bit, I think that's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, to potentially get a, I mean, if Elliot probably he'll finish the year between running back eight and 15 and you're getting him in the you know second, third round, fuck yeah, sign me up for that all day. Because then, you know, Absolutely. lock up a lock up a stud wide receiver with your first or second first one or two picks and then get Zeke later. Hell yeah. Like I, I wouldn't even be mad about that. A running back. I'm actually, actually smashing right now. It's going to sound gross, but hear me out. Devin Singletary of the Buffalo bills right now is getting drafted as the running back 26. He's getting drafted in like the 10th, 11 round. But the thing, the thing that I want to talk about with Singletary is yes, they brought in James cook. So he's probably going to take up some of that past passing. Um, but the thing with, with Singletary is he was the running back 20 last year. But don't let the numbers fool you. He actually, towards the end of the year, solidified himself as like the lead guy and was actually like a running back one at the end of the year. So despite his early season, just absolute dog shit performances. I mean, just look at these last couple of games of the season last year. Week 15, 22 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. Against New England, which is a very good run defense, 12 carries, 39 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 23 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. 19 carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he was basically kind of like a Rashad Penny without the injury risk. And now Zach Moss is probably done in Buffalo. And like I said, yeah, James Cook is there, but... I. <sighs> I might be the only person that's not as high on James Cook as the rest of the people. Like, I'm sure he's a good player, but I, I'm not that worried about James Cook. And I think David Devin Singletary getting drafted in like the tenth, eleventh round. Fuck yeah! Like, I, I how could you not be into that? Yeah, I don't mind it. I'm a little more nervous about James Cook than you are. Um, he's five eleven, one ninety. A lot of people say he's too little. He could bulk up if he can gain ten. 15 pounds. I know that's a lot to gain, but he's only 22. He can still be growing. Um, so maybe not this year, but if you're talking dynasty, but in redraft, I still worried because James Cook really, to me, feels like a player like, like Alvin Kamara. Is he going to be as productive? Like he's 25 pounds less. So maybe not, but we'll see how durable he is, but he's, he's really got a chance to take away, but where you're drafting, Singletary, I think it's worth taking the shot, right? Like, like I'm a little worried about it, but like where you're getting him is it? It's fine. But I mean, to be tied to one of the best offenses in all of football, I mean, 
he's technically the starting running back on one of the best offenses and you're getting him. You already drafted two or three running backs before he even drafted Singletary. Right. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, I wouldn't say a reach, but he's the guy that you are saying, I'll take my shot. I'll see if he gets to continue what he did at the end of last year. Cause he very well could. And you're getting him for basically free. So right, that's the, that's the biggest point there. <laughs> yeah, man. Sign me up. All right. So fish, who else are you smashing this year? All right. So the next running back that I am smashing is a little bit lower on the board here. Um, he'd go before Singletary, but David Montgomery, another guy that's just always consistent. Is it pretty? Is it the best? No, he finished at the RB 19 last year. He's going around the 18 this year. I think a lot of people are going to let him slide. Um, would I take him at 18? Possibly, depending upon my, my roster construction and my strategy. But the reason I like David Montgomery is because I feel like he's going to be the, someone that slides in a lot of leagues who you could pick up a little later. And he's the only guy there. Like, he's going to, you know, the team's not going to be good, but it's like grabbing a good running back on a bad team. If you're the only guy, you're still going to get You're just going to get a volume play. And as long as he stays healthy, I think I don't think you can go wrong. I, I actually like that pick a lot. I mean, the last three years, David Montgomery was the running back 24, four, and last year 17, and or I'm sorry, 19, but he only played in 13 games last year. He didn't even play a full season. And plus, like, you know, Khalil Herbert, he's not he might take some passing down work from him, but then what? Didn't Tra- he like tear his ACL in the offseason? Oh no, that was um Tariq Cohen. My bad. Yeah. But like Tristan Ebner, like no one's, it's going to be the David Montgomery show. And, you know, you're getting him after Zeke. You're getting him in the third, fourth round. And fuck yeah. Like, especially if he could be, he can catch the ball in the backfield. You know, he's a three round back. He's going to be able to get value in PPR, half point PPR. Like, I think he's a steal. Plus he's, plus he's going to be on an offense with a quarterback that runs. And sometimes running backs with running quarterbacks, that equals fantasy gold right there. And uh, yeah, uh, I, especially like I said, if you're going to, I'm not, it's not, I'm not calling it zero running back, but let's say, you know, if you're at the, at the end of the draft and you go with, you know, in your first round pick, you get like Jamar chase. And then maybe you take Mark Andrews or Devonte Adams or something with your second pick. Then, and then you're you, a crazy person, but yeah, in theory, that strategy can work. So yeah. But would you be that upset if you were, you know, Jamar Chase, Mark Andrews, and David Montgomery's your running back one? I wouldn't be that upset. No. And equally, I wouldn't be upset if I had picked three running backs off the start and David Montgomery was the third and I just had yeah. my flex. If David Montgomery's your flex, fuck yeah. You'd have to figure out receiver at that point, but I think it's worth it. I think there, he kind of falls into any strategy you're playing. He's a good mid round value right, right before that dead zone, especially in full and half point PPR. Um, looks like Rome is absolutely smashing Travis Etienne, which I was actually all aboard the Etienne train until actually they said that James Robinson practiced basically like in full today. And there's a chance that he's going to be available, um, coming into this actual season, but you know, Travis Etienne, absolutely electric player. He's a great pass catcher. He's been teamed up back with his college quarterback. And we all know that, Sometimes getting to play with your college friends really helps you out in fantasy and in real life football. You know, so he's back with Trevor Lawrence. 
they're they're a bad team that's going to be playing from behind a lot. So especially in like half and full point PPR, you know, ETN could be an absolute steal. Right now he's getting drafted as the running back 20 and he's getting picked up in like the fourth, fifth round somewhere in there. And that's actually great value because, I mean, to, to get like some, especially in, in half full PPR, a lot of pass catching upside, he could he could be. And plus, ETM was a lot of fun in college. So th- this could be a great pick. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, if I'm picking someone out of the backfield here in Jacksonville, which I'm not always liking, although I benefited from James Robinson before, um, I'm going to pick ETN. The biggest downside to him is that James Robinson, we know he's really good. But he also tore his Achilles, so how does that work out? And he tore it late. Mm-hmm. And I know he's in line to play preseason and everything, but well, how will he come back? You know, no one's really came back, at least in football, before from that injury. Mm-hmm. And him and Cam Akers are kind of the same boat, but Cam Akers has a lot less competition. Yeah, yeah. All right, so for my last two absolute smashes this year, I went in like the deepest of depths, but I still like them. So my first one is New England's Ramondre Stevenson. He's getting drafted as a running back 38. He's getting drafted almost around pick 100. So you're getting him in the ninth, 10th round, some maybe 11th round, depending on league size. But what I like about Stevenson is James White is still out. He was absolutely dominant in the passing game. And rumor has it that they that New England might actually try to trade out Damian Harris because we all know the new outside like outside of James White, I can't think of a New England running back that actually got like a second contract from New England. You know they've been no they move them. Think yeah. of uh, Sonny Michelle just got moved and everybody else they like New England needed him and no they didn't. I mean they they probably could have used him but they didn't really need him. Like mm-hmm. they they move him. Yeah, Bill Bill Belichick has no shame in that. The only thing I don't know, and I think this was a a facade. I don't think it was real. But whatever happened to JJ Taylor? I don't, is he even on the team? I don't even know if he plays football anymore. Um, but no, I really like Stevenson because I'm I'm right there with you. I I feel like he's gonna be the new guy in New England. They're they're always funneling new guys and he's well, the I mean, next man up damien harris was banged up in the fantasy championship last year so week 17 of last year stevens had 19 carries 107 yards and two touchdowns and that wasn't the only like he also had a game earlier in the year against a very good cleveland run defense when um harris was hurt 20 carries right. for 100 yards and two touchdowns he's looked good every chance he's got yeah now harris has looked pretty good too but i mean i don't know I think that Stevenson's worth the shot for sure. And well, Harris has also been hurt before during the season and, or, you know, who knows if he fumbles, Bill Belichick's notorious for fucking benching yeah. players. Like if they pass down. Yeah. yeah I mean, sure. he's Bill doesn't fuck around. He's a really high upside player. Who's like you said, going really late where that's all you're looking for is upside at that point in the draft. Well, at that point in time too, you're drafting your bench anyways. So go pick up Stevenson, throw him on the end of your bench. And then if Harris happens to get hurt or wait a couple weeks, maybe see what his passing game usage is like, especially with James white 
most more like that. Actually, I read a thing the other day that James White is probably going to get an injury settlement from New England, and he might be out of New England. I I don't think he's going to be able to play again. He he got the Bo Jackson. Uh, he dislocated his hip. Yeah, and, and I don't like Brian Fitzpatrick had the same thing, and he was able to come back, but not even be like. I mean, he was never like some spectacular player, but he wasn't really the shell of himself. It's but he's not, not a, a running back injury. either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's not a common injury, and it's pretty hard to come back from from what I, from what I've heard. I'm not. I have no idea, but. I didn't play running back in football when I played football, but I assume you need your hips to be a running back. Yeah, you do. They are helpful. The last running back that I went on a deep dive in that I like, and his ADP's actually kind of gone up a little bit since I looked this up, but Tyler Algier uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, he's getting drafted as running back 55, getting picked around pick 160. So he's literally at the end of your draft. But the thing is this, if you sit there and actually think Cordero Patterson is going to forever be a thing, you're out of your fucking mind. Like Cordero Patterson, he was the fantasy waiver wire MVP. However, people, they look at his end of the year stats. If you look at his actual game stats last year, God damn, man, last year during the fantasy playoffs, he fell off the face of the earth. This man has been in the league for almost 10 seasons and has never been fantasy relevant until last year. But then his body did not keep up with him. I mean, there's also been talks that they, they might feature him more in the receiving game anyways, because they don't really have like any wide receivers. So I think there's a chance that Tyler Algier eventually becomes the actual starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. And you're getting him literally for free at the end of the draft. And I mean, who knows in a couple weeks, Alger might be, I mean, his ADP is just slowly climbing, but if you're getting him in at the, like you're literally your last pick of the draft, then fucking do it. You fucking do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is the same, this to me, like Stevenson and Alger, Algier, however you say it, they're Something the same like to me when you're drafting that late, at least for me, I mean, some people will think differently, but when I draft my starting roster, I want a high upside with a high floor. When I draft my backups and my bench players, I just want a high upside. I just want a, a possibility that you're going to either be something good or if I put you in a bye week that you might, I might get lucky. Um, and if, if those guys don't pan out over the first three, four weeks, they're going to be gone. I'm going to get rid of them and, and I'm going to pick up somebody else who's more uh, has more upside because these aren't people that I'm regularly starting. They're people that I'm, you know, almost every player, like you could plan for your bye weeks, but you're almost better off looking for a player that you could put in anytime. And you want that upside of a player that breaks out. And then oh, yeah. you have another player that you could put in at any time, or you have super good trade bait. If you're somewhere, if you're low in another position and you need to upgrade and you have a bench player who's performing like a starter. Like that's what I'm looking for this late in the draft. Hell yeah. I like that. So with every uh, smash, there's also the pass. So it's 2 a.m. You're looking around the bar for someone to take home. But even that girl's just not worth it. So, so there's also some players with some that we are just not interested in this year. And Fish, yours was kind of surprising to me. So go ahead and give us yours. Yeah, I'll give you mine. Um, And quite frankly... I've never really been a fan of him, so maybe it's like something else. But Dalvin Cook, 
Dalvin Cook's great. Dalvin Cook is going to be a top 10 running back. I would much rather take a player like Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Stefan Diggs over Dalvin Cook, all who have a lower ADP. And just when I think to myself, hey, I'd rather have these other players over him, I feel like he's overvalued. And you know he's going to miss time. You know he's going to be good when he doesn't. But how much time is it going to be? It's, you know, like we, we already know this is going to happen. We're, it's ticking time bomb for him to miss an extended period of time. It, he gets lucky every time and doesn't miss an extended period of time. But I just, those other players I'd much rather have. And if, if you're high on Dalvin Cook, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, in my opinion, I'd rather have those other players in front of him. And that's why I put him there. Yeah. Well, also, Dalvin Cook. Even in college, he's been hurt every year. He has not played a full season his entire NFL career, and I don't think he played a full season in his collegiate career either. So yeah, and he and he's going on his sixth year. He's not like the youngest cat. I mean, he's only twenty seven, so he's not like it's not like he's old by any means. But you know, like I don't foresee it getting a lot better. I don't foresee him being bad either. Like I said, I feel like I still feel like he's going to be top ten running back if I can get him like the RB nine. RB10, I'd be happy with that. Like the, you, you know, know on the turn. When you brought his age up, what, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Dalvin Cook has never played a full season. He's been in one season less than Zeke. Zeke has played in almost every game of his NFL career, and they're getting drafted almost two rounds apart from each other. Yeah. And they're, and who, what offense is better? Like, I, I don't think you could answer that question right now. They both have a lot of questions, but I, I'd say Cook's offense might be better. But the last few years, the Cowboys have been better. They lost some pieces, so we'll, well see. they lost Dak. They lost but, Dak in a gruesome injury. What, was it two years ago? So, right. I mean, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I if mean, I could pass on, if I could pass on Cook and get Elliott two rounds later, sign me up. Yeah, you know, fuck yeah. I could take Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase, pass on Cook and grab Elliott later. That's exactly what I'm talking about right now. I feel like there's not that much difference. Well, like, like just looking at ADPs right now, you know, so let's say you pass on Cook, you take Jamar Chase in the comeback round, you know, you can grab Javante Williams, Debo Samuel, Alvin Kamara, and then the third round grab Zeke. Dude, that sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> All yeah. right. But Cook's not, oh, that being said, Cook's not going to be a bad pick if you pick him. No, like, I mean. You'd be like- all right. Kind of like what we were talking about when we were talking about quarterbacks and tight ends and stuff. It's like, don't listen to what we're not saying. Like, I would want these players on my team. It's just at their current price, it's hard to justify it. Now, right, 100%. Moving on, looks like Rome put Alvin Kamara, and that's probably when the suspension stuff was looming overhead because Kamara is getting drafted as running back 12, about 20th overall, so you're getting him in the middle of the second round. Um. It looks like Kamara isn't going to be suspended this year. If, if any suspension, ha- I mean, it could still happen, but his legal team keeps delaying the the punishment. So, I mean, there's a chance that he actually plays this season. Now, if he does play this season, absolutely right. take him there. But see, I I, I get you 100. percent I'll touch on two things. The first thing is, is he going to play the full season? You might have to just take the risk because you might not know by the time you're drafting. And if if you're if you're gonna draft him, dra- do one of two ways: As- take your gut gut instinct and decide with that. Do you feel like he's gonna play the whole season? Do you not? I feel like he's gonna play the whole season. 
but we could all be wrong. He could mm-hmm. go to court and just get it over with. But to Rome's point here, if you know, I'm a Saints fan, so I kind of follow them closely. They've they've lost a couple offensive line pieces, but I don't I don't I feel like twelve is if he plays the whole season, I feel like twelve is an okay spot. Um, I get sliding him down from where he was last year based off performance, but I mean. I'm just throwing it out there. Rome's not here to speak for himself, but I I do feel like there's other factors that may make him feel that way. The, you know, new offense. It shouldn't be that new. It's the same offensive coordinator, but it could be a little bit new. You know, Michael Thomas coming back, Jarvis Landry in there, Chris Olave. How much are they going to be hucking the ball? Mm-hmm. Is it going to take from Kamara? So that there's there's reason to believe that there's other reasons but i do feel also like th- that suspension may have been weighed into him making that decision which uh, I, I, i'm guessing it probably has more to do with the suspension than anything else um because at the time you know we thought he's going to miss you know four to six games and to pay a second round draft pick for a guy that's going to you know because if you start off your fantasy year uh, one and five oh and six you're gonna have a tough time making it in the fantasy playoffs that's a, yeah that's a hill to climb yeah, yeah. I, I so, agree 100%. I'm just throwing other options out there that are reasonable to look at. Yes. Now, like I said, if 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 we know the suspension's not going to happen, then I'm guessing he would become an absolute smash in Rome's book. I'm guessing he's just a pass just with he but the thing is he would if we knew the day we the day we know, the only person that's not taking him in the first round is a person who didn't read the news on their phone. Correct. Correct. Uh a player I'm absolutely avoiding this year is James Conner from Arizona. He's getting drafted as running back 18, 33rd overall. So you're getting him in like the third-ish round. The thing with James Conner, okay, you know, people are – and I've seen him get drafted much higher than that. You know, and yeah, he was the running back five last year, but he did miss time. And, and oh, yeah, but Chase Edmonds is gone. But I realistically, his fantasy was purely a touchdown thing. He had 15 rushing touchdowns and three uh, catching touchdowns. You know, so he he only rushed for 752 yards, which that's not that good for a fantasy running back. It's because he had 15 touchdowns. There's no way he's going to have 15 touchdowns again. Plus, and he caught another 375 passing yards for another for an additional three scores. So this man had 18 touchdowns. He had 18 touchdowns and was still only the running back five. You know, I just, I just, I really don't think it's a good pick, you know, like cause where, where he's getting drafted. Um, let's see if I can find him. So, I mean, around that, around him, you can get Kyle Pitts, T Higgins, David Montgomery, you know, you can grab Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, you know, I I'd much rather take my shot with one of those guys. Cause it's just with James Conner. I just, there's no way that production you know, carries over from last year. And I really think the Arizona offense is going to be in trouble. The fact that, you know, Kyler Murray, you know, it's funny. I actually saw a thing and it's like a tinfoil clusterfuck. Their whole team is a clusterfuck right now. Yeah. Their, their defense isn't very good. Deandre Hopkins is going to miss six weeks. Hollywood Brown is actually banged up right now. You know, so all they have is like Zach Ertz and Rondale Moore. And then, yeah. And they got a lot of drama too. Like, yeah. Brown got arrested. Kyler doesn't watch film. They had the contract arguments, which are pretty normal. But like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in Arizona. Someone actually posted this thing, and I wish I could give him credit. I, I don't recall who it was, 
but it turns out it's not so much that Kyler doesn't watch film. It was more of a call of duty clause because Kyler Murray is a big video game player. And if you look his fantasy production goes from 24 points a game down to 17 points a game after October, when the new call of duty comes out every year, it could be, could be a coincidence. They just say, Hey, don't play call of duty more than an hour a day. Well, it's like, Hey, we pay a clause. That would be more beneficial in that. It's like, Hey motherfucker, you make $20 million a year. How about you just don't play video games for a couple months? Dude, video games are fun though. I don't play them as much as I used to, but dude, if someone paid me twenty million a year and told me not to play video games, I would never touch it ever again. Oh, me either. I'd throw that shit in the garbage. <laughs> Arizona's a fucking mess. I I actually think that that offense and team is just going to be a total shit show. Especially, I think I even said it on the show. I might have said it pre-show meeting last episode, but I think that Kyler Murray contract closed any window for Arizona to win a Super Bowl. Um, giving him that much money and not having a lot of talent on that team. I just, I don't see an, a, a yeah. you know. I think they're all banking on the salary cap increasing, which it probably will. It's going to have to. Yeah, I think that's what, like, same with, because if you look at a lot of quarterbacks, like, like Mahomes, like, his quarterback's like a real team friendly at the beginning, but like, in four years from now, they're going to be paying him like what, $40 million, $50 million a year? Like, <sighs> some shit like that. Something wild. Like, it's, it's going to be so they have to have the cap increase to be able to support that. Now, granted, I didn't put him on my my little chart here, but I'm going to th- I'm going to talk about him again. I'm also passing on Cordero Patterson. He's getting drafted as the running back 31, Same. 82nd, o- 82nd overall. So you're getting him pretty late. But look, running backs getting drafted after Cordero Patterson. I would take all of these guys. Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Ramondre Stevenson, my, uh, Melvin Gordon, Ken Walker, James Robinson. Alexander Madison, like literally all of those running backs who are getting drafted much later than Patterson, I would gladly take. Cordell Patterson, like- sorry, Cordell Patterson to me is the same as Justin Fields. I'm fine being wrong. It, yeah, look at this. Absolutely. Justin Fields is a rookie, so you'd have you have no evidence. The difference with Cordell Patterson is he had one year that was good. It probably was a fluke. If it wasn't, I'm fine being wrong with that. I don't want to take the risk to have regular Correll Patterson again. Yeah, well, who especially was a waiver like wire I said, play every other like year when in I was his t- career. Yeah, well, when I was talking about uh, Tyler Algier and my smashes, like I said, Patterson in the fantasy playoffs, three points, seven points, six points, one point. You know, so it's just he, his body. He's he's been in the league for a long time. There's just no way he's going to be fantasy relevant. I have I currently have zero shares of Cordero Patterson in any league and I'm fine with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings in the yeah. slightest. I agree. Now, if you get Patterson or if you want Patterson, if he does good for the first 5 weeks, I'd recommend to flip him. Because he's Fuck a good yeah. player to flip because he's got a lot of he's got a lot of what's the word? um allure to him, you know? Like Yeah. He's like a little beauty out there. So, hey, I I try to dump him if you got him and he did good. Yeah. I hope he has a great, great first four weeks. Then I'd gladly trade him away. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what? Maybe, maybe you you take Patterson and you can flip him for like a James cook or some of these like younger running backs who haven't done anything yet. Cause they're kind of establishing their role or like a Ramondre Stevenson 
You, you flip them Cordero Patterson. Yeah, like someone whose role's increasing over the first five weeks versus someone who you feel like their, not their role, but their productivity will de- decrease. Because I feel Absolutely. like Cordero won't make a whole year either. Exactly. You know what? We're, we're right. actually doing pretty good I on have, time. Should we cover some wide receivers? I have that, oh, yeah, let's touch on those. I have that one question for you, though. Sure, and sure, it's sure. running backs, and it's kind of beside the point, but I, I feel like I kind of want to touch on it. Um, I wish Rome was here to touch on it, but that's okay. Who's your RB one? Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> I right. I agree. And the reason I wanted to bring this up is because Jonathan, you just mentioned James Conner had 18 touchdowns and you don't expect him to be able to duplicate that. Jonathan Taylor had 20 touchdowns. Yes. Mm. He rushed for 1800 yards and he'd probably still be a good player, but if you if you expect both players to be healthy the whole year, which you have to, you can't assume someone's going to get injured. Certain players you may be able to, but I don't think Chris McCaffrey is quite quite there yet. Mm-hmm. And you stabilize Jonathan Taylor, like Chris McCaffrey can produce RB one numbers without twenty touchdowns. Jonathan Taylor, I don't think can. Last year in Christian McCaffrey's injury plague season. He was a top five running backs in two of the weeks he played, and he had zero touchdowns in those two games. That's just how big of a difference Christian McCaffrey makes. And that's the thing, because my rankings, it was Jonathan Taylor as my running back one. And then, actually, what's funny, my rankings a while back, it was JT was one. Austin Eckler was actually my running back two. And then three was Jonathan Taylor. Now, Taylor moved back to two because he's just, he's a stud. He's good, you know, great O-line. They got a better quarterback. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Yeah, he's he's going to like I I wouldn't be surprised if he was the running back one again. But the fact no, he can't. He, yeah, but he needed twenty touchdowns to be the running back one. Christian McCaffrey does not need twenty touchdowns to be the running back one, just like you said. So I Christian McCaffrey is just such a dynamic fantasy and real life football player that I honestly think if I had the one one, I would take Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I agree. I'm not worried about his injuries. Could that backfire on you completely due to injury? For sure. Yes. But it could backfire on any player. And um, John Taylor just had 20 t- It's 20 touchdowns. Like, I don't think any player you'd expect to get 20 touchdowns. It no. happens, like, almost every year, no. but you would never know, like, which player is going to get it. All right. Looks like we got some wide receivers that we can cover real quick before we got a little bit of time here still. Um. I'll start off with Rome's first. It was Allen Robinson, wide receiver 30, 67 overall. I actually agree with this pick. Allen Robinson, he's looked fantastic so far in camp. He's going to be playing with a much more upgraded quarterback with Matthew Stafford. He has a true legit stud on the other side of the field in Cooper Cup. They have a legit offense, powerful offense. You're getting him in the fifth, sixth round. I would absolutely smash Allen Robinson at his current ADP. Uh, Fish looks like yeah, you got some guys here. Yeah, I'm going to touch on two just for the sake of time. Um, but the first one is Jalen Waddle. He's going as the, the wide receiver 14. You can give him a pick around pick 44, 45, and that's what for the middle of the fourth round. round. Like as your RB, as you're probably a wide receiver two. Maybe if you went RB heavy. He'd be, he'd be a wide receiver one. Um, I'm not smashing him because he's like a super undervalued player. 
I just think he's going to be very consistent. Um, I personally feel like Tua is going to make a leap this year and improve. He's got better receivers. We'll see how his running game is. He's got new coaching. That being said, I'm not going to say that Tua is going to be a fantasy value. I just think Jalen Waddell is going to be great. I think Hill is going to be great for fantasy as well. And then my second one I want to smash is Brandon Cooks. This is one of those... It's the Tom Brady story, right? Until he proves me that he's not going to do good in fantasy, I want to get him. He was a wide receiver 20 last year in both standard and PPR. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 24. Another player who, depending upon your league mates, I feel like could slip down even further who has proven nothing but consistent. Absolutely. Um, Rome's other wide receiver who's absolutely smashing this year is Cortland Sutton, wide receiver 26, 61st overall. That's actually a great value. This guy's a stud. He's gotten over a 1,000 receiving yards with a combination of Drew Locke and Joe Flacco. And now he's going to get Russell Wilson. He takes basically the DK Metcalf role. Arizona. Seattle was actually pretty good last year, but Russell Wilson probably came back a little too early from injury. And that kind of like hindered the... Seattle plus like dude they traded for Russell Wilson to be the quarterback to run his offense and I'm I I'm pretty sure they're going to just let him go buck wild out there so Corlin Sutton's an absolute smash I'm going to pick up my two guys then fish you can do your two guys and then we'll go over the passes my my two that I like I like Juju wide receiver 33 and Christian Kirk at wide receiver 43 Juju I mean come on he's finally playing with now granted Ben Roethlisberger is a more accomplished quarterback, but that was also towards the tail end of his career. But now Juju's coming into Kansas City with a much better quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. They're going to find creative ways to use him. I mean, Andy Reid's a great coach. I, I don't see a world where Juju isn't effective. And plus, with him getting drafted at 82nd overall, you're getting him in, was that like the eighth round, ninth round? I mean, that's pretty good value for a dart throw on a player. Yeah. Then Christian Kirk at wide receiver 43, 104th overall. You're getting him in the double digit rounds. For them to pay him that much money, there is absolutely no chance. It's not, and plus, you know, DJ Chark is gone. All they have left there is what Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault, who's not going to be a thing, which is no, shocking to me because he he's, so, he's so athletic. But yeah. You know, these they, are great they, picks. Go ahead. Sorry. Both of these picks are great because if you really take a look and think about it, you're talking about two number one wide receivers on teams. Yeah. One's in a high-powered offense, so I, I believe in it a little more with Juju. But, but Kirk, they got a young quarterback who could be something real special. We'll see. You know, we, There's still a lot of time to develop there, but a number one receiver on almost any team, people are – Drafting number one receivers on other bad teams. Like I just mentioned, Brandon Cooks, you know, like Mm -hmm. these are guys that are number one receivers on teams. They're going to get volume. Juju, I feel like is going to get good volume because I really think Kansas City is going to pick up right where they left off. I think Juju, but between Juju and Sky Moore and McCole Hardman, they're going to be able to kind of, they aren't going to be able to replicate Tyreek Hill but they're going to be just fine moving the ball down the field. There's exactly. going to be no problems there. Plus, like, like, kind of like what I was saying about with um, Travis Etienne, Jacksonville slated to be behind in a ton of games. So I don't see how they're not you – know, 
they're going to have extra to volume. Ball. Yeah. And so guaranteed volume on a guy that gave was like $72 million. I mean, yeah, they paid him. They believe in him. He led Arizona in receiving yards last year, I believe. I mean, it was, it was shocking because a lot of it, a lot of it was injury related, but and still, and he, and for a play that's never had a thousand yards in his year. But for all I know, this could very well be the year that Christian Kirk gets a thousand yards. Plus dude, at, at one Oh four overall, you've already drafted your entire starting roster at this point in time. So fuck it. Throw yeah, on, exactly. throw him on your bench. You know, if anything, he's yep. good by week filler. Yep. That high upside I was talking about. Hell yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's get out your two. Yeah, my next two are going to be guys that I've talked about before, and it's probably just a love affair, but I'm going to bring them anyways. And then I have a bonus one if we have time. We'll yeah, see if we have we'll time. We'll see how we, yeah. Gabe Davis, my first one, wide receiver 27 overall, pick 72 overall. If you're wanting a guy with high upside that you can get as possibly a flex, maybe you can even get him as a bench player. Gabe Davis when they've gave him opportunities is a machine. He is super good. He was, he's behind Stefan Diggs. Josh Allen doesn't spread the ball out the best in my opinion, but Gabe Davis now has a hole that he could fill. And I don't see nothing but improvement from him. He's never showing us anything bad. And my next one is my boyfriend. <laughs> Couldn't leave my boyfriend out. Hunter Renfro going as wide receiver 33 overall, the 81st pick on average right now. So you can get him. That's to me. That's about right where you would want to get him. I wouldn't reach for him a little any earlier than that. I know Devontae Adams is coming in. Waller's there. Hunter Renfro is the guy that you can count on for anything. Devontae Adams is too. But I won the league one year because I picked Juju when he was opposite Antonio Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. I picked him specifically because he was opposite Antonio Brown. And this is how I feel about Hunter Renfro is he's opposite good players. If he's out there, he's going to be open. Probably he's a shifty guy. He's great in the red zone. And like I said, I wouldn't reach for him much higher than he is right now, but I think he's perfect value, you know, of of probably a little bit higher, lower than he should be. And he's my boyfriend. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was going around seventh, eighth round or so, you know, but, I, I know you do love some Hunter Renfro, and plus, he was so effective in the red zone for Derek Carr. I mean, I'm sure De- Devontae Adams takes some of that away, but it, he's not going to take all of it. I mean, right. If Derek Carr looks at Devontae and says he's covered, is Hunter Renfro probably going to be open? You know, it's. I think they're going to be a powerful offense this year. I really do. I know people don't trust Derek Carr that much. I don't. I'm not going to say they're going to be like a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're going to be putting up points. Yeah, I, I, I think Vegas is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, wide receivers, I'm taking late in draft and draft as well. Alan Lazard for Green Bay. You know, Christian Watson's a little banged up this offseason. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really liked any rookie wide receivers in the past. But, I mean, Alan Lazard, he had eight touchdowns last year. Very quietly. I mean, he wasn't super productive. I mean, he was only the wide receiver 47 last year. So, it's not like he was... You know, anybody's like like high valued pick. But the thing is this eight touchdowns last year. So clearly he has some form of chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. He's a big body guy. He's six five, two twenty-five. Big bodied guy, similar to Devontae Adams build. He's not Devontae Adams, but he's gonna be a familiar face to Aaron Rodgers. Robert Tunyon's still a little banged up. I think Alan Lazard's gonna be very good. Cause the thing is, is I I I've read a lot of things on on Twitter and stuff where people are asking 
is it that like wide receivers are good or is it that Aaron Rodgers makes them good? It's probably a combination of the of the two, but Aaron Rodgers is not you know, he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, period. I mean, and Alan Lazard getting drafted in as the forty seventh wide receiver, hundred and sixteenth overall. So you're getting him in almost round ten. I mean, again, you would have drafted your entire lineup at this point in time to get the starting, the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers that late in the draft. Fuck yeah, I'd take that. And then... Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Then the last guy I'm going to talk about, Jamison Crowder, um, you know, going over to, to Buffalo at seventy wide receiver 74, 190th overall. So he's not even getting drafted in, in drafts. But the thing is this, what I like about Jamison Crowder is what people don't understand is he's actually a great wide receiver. He's just been hurt almost his entire career. I mean, like when he played for uh, DC Washington, you know, he was an absolute stud for Kirk cousins, especially in the PPR volume and stuff like that. He was very good. Um, or fuck did he play last year. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, the jets. He was good for the jets. I mean, it's just, the thing is he just, he couldn't stay healthy. So, I mean, if this man can stay healthy, there's a lot of upside because he's going to be taking that Cole Beasley role. I mean, a lot of see, and that's the thing. A lot of people are he could even take the Gabe Davis role, and that's the thing. I, I mean, didn't want a lot of. There's a lot of opportunity in Buffalo. Yeah, I right? mean, I didn't. There's I didn't want a lot of opportunity. Sh- I didn't want to shit all over your Gabe Davis pick, but the thing is, is he could end up the wide receiver too there because with with Manny Sanders is gone, Cole Beasley is gone. They do love Gabe Davis, but they did bring in Jamison Crowder, who's a savvy veteran who could eventually become the number two guy for, and like I said, he's getting drafted in the 16th round. So, I mean, if it's the end of the draft, why not? Yeah. I was going to say, it's certainly like you could do something silly and get Gabe Davis and Crowder and just cut whatever one loses the battle. I mean, like depending upon your roster construction before that and up until that point, like the, who knows that that pans out, but you're basically limiting, you know, you're rolling the dice, but you're going to win either way because you have both options. Yeah. And then who knows if it gets to the point, play both or, you know, Gabe Davis has a sexier name. You trade Gabe Davis, keep Jamison Crowder who cost you nothing. And you can probably get yeah. trade Davis to a team that's wide receiver needy. Cause maybe they went running back heavy early in the draft. So maybe you could trade Gabe Davis for one of their flex running backs or something like that. And, and everybody's happy, but I just, you know, it's such a power. You know, what's crazy to me. Jameson Crowder is only 29. I could have sworn he was like 35. Like, I feel like yeah. he's been in the league for a long time. And he's been there for a bit, but, but you're hundred percent right. You know, like if this guy I, could string together a consistent year and not get hurt on a high powered offense, like why not take a risk on your last pick? It's the same with other of these picks that are late. Like this that we talk about is like, dude, just cut them if they suck after three weeks. Like it's, yeah, you're not gonna well, get worst a case great waiver wire fodder that often at this point. Anyways, you're just trying to see if something hits. Mm-hmm. And that's a good chance that he does. Yeah, you said you had a bonus uh, wide receiver you love. Bonus is Michael Thomas. A little bit of a homer, mm. but he's drafted right now, 68 overall, wide receiver 27. If Michael Thomas is a fraction of himself, he's going to be better than Allen Robinson, probably Amari Cooper, probably Brandon Cooks. These are all people being drafted above him right now. Now, Michael Thomas was hurt for an extended period of time, but like I said, 
he was a superstar for a long time. It was a little bit of that about Drew Brees, but yeah, but if like I said, if he's a fraction of himself, that's going to be good value. Absolutely. Signs are looking good in camp and I know I this is a comparison I stole and this made me actually look into Michael Thomas a little more as a fantasy prospect, I guess you could say. Um mm-hmm. and, and another thing I wish I could give credit, but the guy said if why are we say, if Michael Thomas is in this scenario now, why are we saying DK Metcalf is a lot better? DK Metcalf has his who's his quarterback going to be Drew Locke, um, Geno Smith. Geno's yeah. That's just as bad. That's just as bad as Jameis Winston. And if Michael Thomas is like I said, a fraction of him, his old self, he'd be just fine with Jameis Winston. Yeah, but at least Jameis Winston's thrown for five thousand yards before. Right. That's what I think. I think that it's a little bit of people thinking that the offense is going to be worse. The offense for the Saints wasn't bad while Gino played. It was hit and miss. Like there would be really big games and really bad games. Mm-hmm. That was also with a bunch of backups. So, absolutely. I don't know. I I feel like Michael Thomas. If you're confident that his injury is okay, is a good a good pick there. If you if you're reluctant about his injury, I get it. But I don't know. I like I said, a little bit of a homer, little bonus. I think that's a good pick though. All right. So just like we were smashing players, we're also passing players. Looks like Rome. Is passing on Debo Samuel. He's going draft as the wide receiver sixth, 18 overall. And I'm guessing the reason why he's he's passing on Debo, and, and that's got to be tough for him because he's an actual Niners fan. But the reason why is probably because, one, well, it was the contract situation. They finally re-signed him. But the thing is this. Debo didn't want the workload that he had last year uh, ever again. And what made him so fantasy relevant last year was because of the role that he had last year. I mean, when he was getting used as a running back and a wide receiver, that made him an absolute fantasy stud. But the thing is, he did miss a game last year. He missed a lot of time the year before, and he missed a game his his rookie year as well. Granted, he was the wide receiver three last year, but, I mean, he also carried the ball, you know, 60 times and had over 100 targets. And so if his usage goes down, so does that fantasy value. So, I mean, you're taking Debo so early overall. Like, why take Debo when you can take CeeDee Lamb, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, right, et cetera? Ex- those are all names I was going to say exactly. Leonard Fournette. Another thing with Debo Smith, that or Debo Smith. Samuel. I'm going to call him Debo Smith <laughs> from now on. That's fine. That's you can be Debo, Debo Smith. Debo Smith. It's just a white Debo Smith. Um, <laughs> but Debo Samuel. The other thing is they might not need to use him in running back this year if everybody stays healthy. They yeah. they had a need for him at that position at the time, and that's why he was moved there. They might not need to. The other thing is I'm not super high on Trey Lance as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think for fantasy, like I, like I said, I'm, I, I'm out on him on fantasy. I said that last episode. But he's going to take away from Debo by running the ball. Mm-hmm. And – that's another downfall. There's a lot of downsides to Debo where like, how could he replicate? And it just doesn't look possible. Yeah, absolutely. So who are you absolutely passing on this year? Fish. All right. I'm passing on AJ Brown. Um, a lot of this almost is similar to Debo. Like he went to Philadelphia. Jalen hurts. Not a very good quarterback. He's good at running the ball. Takes away from the receivers. AJ Brown's going as a quarterback. 10. 28th overall that's the that's the turn and i think that's just too high 
for a player that is really it's unknown how they're going to be and how they're going to use him. You could take Keenan Allen, T. Higgins, mm-hmm. you know, Ezekiel Elliott, all ADP after him, all players I would rather have. Absolutely. Plus, like Jalen Hurts, he's not that good of a quarterback. Like, exactly. He almost lost he his job. To, he almost lost it to Gardner Minshew last year. Actually, if anything, if Gardner Minshew takes over, I might like AJ Brown more. I agree. You know, uh, wide receiver I'm absolutely passing on this year is DJ Moore. He's getting drafted as a wide receiver 16, 45th overall. DJ Moore, super talented. I actually, I absolutely love the player. He He's so good, but that quarterback room's a fucking mess with Darnold. And, the, and then fine. So let's say Baker Mayfield takes over. Baker Mayfield sucks. He's not that good for fantasy players. Like OBJ was never that great. Yeah, sure. Jarvis Landry was mediocre, but as far I mean, I, I should have done a deeper dive into it. But as far as I know, no one was being drafted as a wide receiver, low one, high two on the Cleveland Browns offense with Baker Mayfield and succeeded at that. I don't think he had any super fantasy relevant wide receivers in Cleveland with him. And I mean, yeah, DJ Moore, he's right. good for he's good for a thousand yards. He's going to get 70 to 90 catches, but I mean, instead of taking DJ Moore where he's getting drafted, you know, Terry, these are guys getting drafted after DJ Moore that I would take Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller. I would even take DK Metcalf over. I take Mike Williams over him, you know, uh, AJ Dillon, JK Dobbins. Fuck. I'd even take Lamar Jackson before. You know, the other thing is DJ Moore finished as a wide receiver, 18 in both standard PPR last year. That sounds great, and it is great, but Chris McCaffrey was gone mm. most of the year. If we if we have any sense of belief that Chris McCaffrey might stay healthy even half the year, that's just more and more taken from DJ Moore. And I just I, – I, I'm right there with you. I just don't see well, it. Well, plus DJ Moore, he's only had a career high of four touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, 1,000 yards is great but only four touchdowns, man. Like, fuck you. Like get in the end zone. Like maybe instead. And then plus this stat bothers me too. Now, granted, this could also be because Sam Darnold sucks. He had 163 targets, but only 93 catches. So, I mean that. Oh, look at his drops to see that. But yeah, yeah. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he has some, but Baker Mayfield's not like a superstar compared. Baker Mayfield's better than Sam Darnold. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but not by but much. I really, but I really think they're going to operate out of the, you know, Christian McCaffrey is going to be the focal point unless he's hurt. And then DJ Moore is more valuable, but are you, you're betting on that. It's, it's kind of like if you don't want to bet on Christian McCaffrey, then go ahead and bet on DJ Moore. But it's the same exact bet. It's the Christian McCaffrey's health bet. One side is going to win. Yeah. I favor the McCaffrey side. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, another wide receiver I'm actually going to pass on to at his current ADP. He's very good, but T. Higgins, he's getting drafted as the wide receiver 12, 33 overall. So he's getting drafted as in the third round. And that means he's for a lot of teams, he's going to be your wide receiver one. And yes, T. Higgins is absolutely talented and he's on a very powerful offense. But my issue with T. Higgins is Jamar Chase has really solidified himself as the true alpha on that team. And the problem with, with T. Higgins last year when he played with Jamar Chase, he like a lot of his fantasy points last year was from one game. Uh, 
against Baltimore, he had 12 catches, 194 yards, two touchdowns. But I mean, if you look at the rest of his games, 13 points, seven points, five points, nine points, two points, you know, it's just a, a lot of it was just peaks and valleys. He was the wide receiver 24 last year, which I realistically see him ending around there 24 to 30 anyways, but to take him at wide receiver 12, man, that, and then, and that premium spot guys getting drafted after T Higgins, you get David Montgomery, Justin Herbert. I I'd much rather take a shot at Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman Jr. Take Jalen Waddle. You know, it's just that's that's a high price to pay for a wide receiver that's going to end up as a wide receiver two, but you're drafting him as a wide receiver one. Yeah, you can't draft him as a wide receiver one. It's fine as a wide receiver two if he falls to you, but you can't draft him as a wide receiver one. If you're going to take a running back heavy approach and need a wide receiver in the third round, you're better off taking somebody who's the number one wide receiver on a slightly worse offense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So it looks like we covered quarterbacks, tight ends. We now cover running backs, wide receivers for you guys, hopefully doing some deep dives for you guys, hoping you find some value in your drafts out there. Um, We'll be back again soon. Hopefully Rome will be back soon. He's still on the injured IR and hopefully he'll be coming off that soon and and, uh, hope you get better, buddy. We love you. Thank you so much for listening guys. We love you. We appreciate the support. Get us on social media, Filthy F-Ball Show on Twitter, Filthy Fantasy Football Show on Instagram, Filthy Fantasy Football Show at gmail.com. And, yeah, that'll do it for me. Thank you, guys. King Josh Josh King. Fantasy Fish. On behalf of Big Rome, have a good one, y'all.